make sure that your messaging is up to date with your latest positioning. I think sometimes it's one of those kind of simple little things that you can do. So go and check what your job title is on the bottom of your email. Check your Instagram profile. Just make sure you are pulling through your positioning and telling people what you do and what you're the expert in because it does make all the difference. Being the expert in what we do, we have a, a real lack of confidence in our skill base because there's this line that goes, the more you learn, the less you know because you keep discovering gaps in your knowledge as you go on and on and on. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners responding directly to the needs of a practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So I've got another July guest with us, and that's Hayley Robertson. And now Hayley is really got loads going on, and the information that she shares is incredible, and that's why I asked her to come on the podcast. So she's an MBA qualified marketing coach and business mentor which means that she really understands our businesses and she understands that nitty gritty and how to get us out there. And I know that many of you worry about niching and many of you think to yourself, how do I get all of the people all of the time, but still have the people that I want? And so I was like, Hayley, would you mind coming onto the show and just sharing some of your pro tips with my listeners because I know that you have a mastermind on your website that they, and I will put the show notes in, don't worry guys, the links and everything. And I know you have a mastermind there on your website for people. So can you share some of your pro tips and say hello to listeners and introduce yourself properly? Because I'm pretty bullish at that bit. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be talking to both yourself and your audience today around marketing strategy and selecting your niche. And I know it is something that a lot of business owners sometimes struggle with at the beginning. It can be a bit hard to kind of narrow down into what you really want to do. And also it does change over time as your business grows as well. So for some people, it might be about even further niching as they go further along into their business or maybe looking at some new niches as well that they want to add. So yeah, it's something that continues to evolve. My background is I'm an MBA qualified marketing coach and business mentor for service-based businesses. I work only with service-based businesses because it is a very different type of marketing to products and e-commerce stores. So really focusing in on making sure that you've got your marketing strategy right, you're positioned as an expert so that you can attract those dream clients to your business. Because that's just it, isn't it? With our dream clients. So we all have a dream client. And when I talk about mine, I've got a spreadsheet that I help my group, my academy group with, and we go through that to figure out who our dream client is. But then there's also the other side to the dream client because my dream client always comes with family. And so we have to decide who is the dream client, but who's the other person who's attached to them so that we get more than just that one person and that one person's clone. 
because we do need to be quite specific, don't we? We do need to show who that ideal client is. But how do we make sure that we're not excluding too many people? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with where to put the boundaries around that ideal client and to, I guess, estimate the size of the market opportunity that's there around that ideal client as well. Because if you go to niche and it's very, very narrow field, you might find that there's not enough people. If you go too broad, what tends to happen is your messaging becomes very non-specific and a bit kind of vague and wishy-washy and people get a bit confused if they're really the person or if you're really the person that can help them with their pain points and problems. So I think the way to understand and know whether or not you've got your target market right is to just kind of take a step back and think about how many people would be in your market that would be would meet that profile that you've set as your ideal client profile. And if you can kind of make a rough guess to whether or not there's enough people in that market that you would be able to service. And the other way to have a look at it is to have a look at your competitors and to have a look and see how they are describing their target markets, how big they are kind of going with their target markets, because it'll give you a much better idea of how much competition is out there in the market. And sometimes you can actually find a niche where there's not a lot of other people servicing that market. So whilst the market size is important, it's all relative in terms of how many other people are also serving that market as well from a competition perspective. So it will take a little bit of testing sometimes to work out whether or not you have got the market size right. But I think if you can just have a look at at how you're describing your niche and just being Think specific with your language around it as well. It doesn't mean selecting a niche doesn't necessarily mean you can't serve anybody outside of that niche, but what it does is it makes your marketing a lot more specific and means that's going to connect with more people. And the other thing about having really specific marketing is it actually gets easier to market to them because you know who you're marketing to. So one that is very much a sort of an ecosystem is acne because acne is acne and it comes in all ages and all stages. But from that one, okay, we have the overview of acne, we can then go skin, we can then go beyond the skin. And so there's lots of people. So we, we choose who our person is. It might be a teenager with acne, perhaps. And so we've chosen that teenager, but in actual fact, the teenager wouldn't be paying for the appointment. Our client is as much the person paying for the appointment and for that teenager to be there as it is for that teenager. So We've got a lot of things we have to figure out and how big is that market? Now, the acne market is probably really, really big. It's massive, I would think, because most people go through a bit of acne at some point in their life. So it can be a huge market, whereas perhaps something that's smaller and more niched, but they're still going to be connected to other groups of people. So if it wasn't acne, if it was a smaller skin condition, perhaps quite rare, you'd still want to service the other skin conditions and maybe exclude acne. So that's kind of what we're saying, isn't it? It's this big, we've got the big picture, but we've got to find the small picture within it and then find out how many people are within it. Whereas we know acne is a huge market, whereas eczema is massive, psoriasis is a bit smaller, and then there's, you know, lichen platus. Well, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. But these are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and niched and niched and niched medical conditions. So then we have to be able to have that bigger picture perhaps that goes with that very small niche and and we need to check the numbers. What is the size of the market with this different skin condition to the really obvious 
skin conditions that are out there. I don't know why I chose skin for our examples there. Absolutely no idea, but it's the way of the podcast, isn't it, really? So when we're thinking about positioning ourselves in the market, are there any sort of top tips that you've got? Any areas that some find there's what I enjoy, right? And I do eczema, but I don't do acne, for example, as a clinician. I mean, I do, but it's not, acne isn't really my joy. I'm much better at eczema than I am at acne. So once I've sort of thought, I really like this or I really like that, and now I have to figure out who my market is and how big my market is, how can I find how big my market is? Where would I look, perhaps? The easiest way is to just start on Google sometimes. So have a look and do a little bit of desktop research and see how many other competitors you can find in your area who are also doing that. But even perhaps outside of your area, if you are offering virtual or online services, see how many people are servicing that area. That can kind of be a good indicator for you. You're also wanting to perhaps have a look on social media, see who else is out there servicing that kind of market. But there may also be some documentation, some case studies around that you can find on Google as well that will delve a little bit deeper into perhaps your area. There are sometimes medical associations, those types of organizations will put out information. And you can also have a look at some of the trends that might be coming through that some of the medical organizations might be putting out there as well. So having a chat to other medical professionals in your area might give you some ideas as well as to what they're seeing and how sort of prevalent some of these conditions may be. Definitely it's having a talk to some people, but also doing a bit of that desktop research and finding some specific case studies, trends or research that have been done into those particular areas that will give you a bit of an idea as to how big that addressable market is for you. Yeah, things do go definitely go in trends because, I mean, the companies produce products on trend because something is prevalent. So they develop a product that sits nicely with the current trend. There'll be discussions in social media. We have to be very careful as practitioners with our discussion in social media because of the new rules with the TGA and influencers. So we have to be even more careful than we already were about how we put things out there. But that's not to say we can't research and we can't look through what other people have put out there to the world and also our own. We can put out case studies. We can show people, hey, this is what I do with these people. This has been a success before. So that people who are trying to find perfect practitioner perhaps find your research, find your case study, just like you were looking up those same things with other people. It's really interesting when we think about big picture and little picture and how we fit into it all once we've decided on that ideal, that perfect client. So one of the questions that, because I think it's really interesting, the ideal client and our niche and that perfect client, and it took me a long time to realize that we can have more than one ideal client. So people going, who's my ideal client? And I was just like, well, there's him and there's her and there's the kids. And then somebody finally said, you know, you can have more than one, right? So when it comes to our advertising, because I mean, I, I do a lot of family medicine. So I see children and I see the mothers of the children. But then I don't tend to see so many fathers. I do see a lot of fathers, but I tend to see more grandfathers. So I've got like this gamut of age group and yet a lot of them are within the family. So how would someone like me, I mean, I've, kind of got it with Google reviews now. So all my Google reviews cover all of those different age groups and all those different people. Yeah. But how would someone starting out, 
how do I tell everyone that I'm going to look after the child, the mother and the father and the grandfather? I don't get many grandmothers. I don't know. I think most people kind of when they think about their ideal client or their niche, they're thinking specifically about the person. Whereas when you think about positioning and marketing strategy and finding your place within the market where you're going to be able to be a viable and a sustainable business, it's actually not necessarily just about the person itself. You can be niching based on the type of services that you offer, or you can be niching on the type of approach or that the thing that makes you a unique practitioner or business, that can also be another way. So if you are Thinking about how you're niching, it may not just be limited to the person. Different and several ways in which you can actually niche. So you can niche by the type of services or the conditions, as you were talking about before, Geraldine. There are ways that you can focus more on the pieces that make you the specialist as opposed to the person that you serve. So think about, you know, maybe you have specialists in the gut conditions, but you can still service other or provide services to other people who may not have gut conditions, but you are actually the specialist because what you're doing with your positioning is building trust and building that kind of go-to authority around your business so that you're also going to generate referrals. And I think that's where you find, you know, the family type of people that are coming through and seeing you, they're coming because they're not coming because you serve a particular type of person. They're coming because you serve a particular type of condition or a particular type of condition that people might have. So you're going to generate referrals because you're going to become known for that. And when you become known for that something, it becomes a whole lot easier to become memorable, becomes a whole lot easier to stand out and become top of mind when people are looking for someone to help them. Because often with these types of like personal conditions, particularly in the health or medical wellness spaces, a lot of people don't like to talk too freely. So they're going to ask those people closest to them for advice and for referrals because a word of mouth is often a lot where someone's leads can come from. So thinking about how you can become a specialist in that area or the expert is going to help that referral piece as well. Being the expert is because we've got, in what we do, we have a, a real lack of confidence in our skill base because there's this line that goes, the more you learn, the less you know because you keep discovering gaps in your knowledge as you go on and on and on, especially in medicine, there's more and more and more. And you're like, okay, there's another gap in my knowledge. There's another gap in my knowledge. And so we're not allowed to call ourselves specialists. So I'll just slip that one in there to people listening. We're not allowed to use the, the label specialist. We can say we specialize in, I don't know, wording. It's a thing. We're allowed to say that we have special interest in. So but when we put out the case studies or when we start talking about these things, just sometimes not in general, but okay, back to acne. So we're talking about what food goes in. The skin is the largest excretory organ perhaps, and that's what it is, but perhaps that's what we're saying. Then people are going to start seeing that as our expert status, as knowledge. And so we have that lack of confidence in ourselves. We're still showing the world, look, this is, I do know what I'm talking about. And I can help you with your problem by sharing my ideal client, my ideal niche, my the problem or the, the problems that are associated. So I work in gut health, which means that I end up working in skin health because the gut radiates to the skin, large six organ. I end up working 
And so we can actually share that by saying these different things when we talk about what we do. We could have the picture of a woman in a yoga position and these are the different things you do because it's a woman, isn't it? It's all of that positioning that you do when you're working with your clients because you work with clients one-on-one, but you have a membership as well, don't you, to support people to figure this out and to make sure that they're sharing the right way with the world what they do. Yeah, that's right. And it really is kind of a jigsaw puzzle in some way, marketing strategy, because it's how you get your client and your services, your unique approach or your unique selling proposition, whatever it is that makes you better or unique to your competition. Getting those three things kind of all working well together and fitting well like that little jigsaw puzzle is actually going to position you in your, like carve out your little space in the market where you are going to be able to build that sustainable and viable business and become known as the go-to person for that type of service that you provide. So it is a little bit of testing, but it's a bit of research and applying your own knowledge and your own skills because none of us start a business with knowing nothing. We do actually know a fair bit about what we do before we go into business. So you may be a new business owner, but you're not a new practitioner or a new, new service provider. You do know what you are talking about. So you've spent time training and that's why you've opened your business and you want to share that knowledge. So once we get some of that positioning right and we know where we're headed with that ideal client, then we're going to have greater success than if we just randomly put it out to the world. Hey, I'm a naturopath. Come see me. That's not going to get the people in the door. It might have done once upon a time, but it certainly doesn't anymore because we've got a lot of competition, a lot of skills that we need to learn in marketing that isn't in your degree. It's not meant to be. It's not a marketing degree. It was a naturopathic degree or a nutritional degree or a coaching certificate, a diploma, whatever it might be. And it's very different. So we need that support from people like yourself who can help us position and figure out where we're meant to be and what we're meant to be doing with our business. Absolutely. They're not coming to you because you are a marketing specialist. They're coming to you because of your expertise in your particular field. That's right. So have we got anything else? Was there anything else we were going to cover today? Or is it time for us to sign off and leave podcast listeners to review? Guys, don't forget to leave a review. And to follow up and check out the show notes, they've got all the links to where they can find you and they can do your masterclass. That's on your website and all the links will be in the show notes. Was there anything else that I've missed that you wanted to cover today? No, I think my final would just be to make sure that your messaging is up to date with your latest positioning. I think sometimes it's one of those kind of simple little things that you can do. So go and check what your job title is on the bottom of your email. Check your Instagram profile. Just make sure you are pulling through your positioning and telling people what you do and what you're the expert in because it does make all the difference. And if you are looking for some help with your marketing strategy and getting that positioning statement right, then yeah, I do have a free masterclass, How to Master Your Marketing Strategy on my website. Geraldine will provide the links here in the show notes. But yeah, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Hayley. It's been absolutely brilliant. And I look forward to letting you all hear me again. What is the wording for the end of a podcast? We'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.